All right, well, welcome to the Wide Oak Houston podcast. Um, I'm here with Pastor James. Hey, what's up, man? It's good to be here. I'm Pastor John, and um, this is pretty cool. It's the first time I've ever tried to record a podcast that was not a sermon. So how are you feeling about this? I'm good, man. I'm ready. I'm ready to talk. I've got something to say today. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, so right now what we're going to do, um, you know, we often talk about things like just amongst ourselves, and we thought it'd be cool to kind of record some of that and put it up. Um, this is not scripted. This is not something that, like, we've... You know, got some sheet, and so this is going to be honest, authentic, and uh, we're going to be talking about something pretty cool today. But before I do that, man, uh, you feeling good about Easter? You ready? I'm ready, man. I'm just excited. I'm vibing it. I mean, I just know a lot of people are going to be there. Just love seeing my family. Uh, Avid Coffee Co. We got tacos from Mighty Burger. It's going to be good, man. I'm just excited. Yeah, Oak Forest Easter. Awesome. Um, Well, just real quick, also, uh, before we dive in, um, for anyone listening to this podcast, um, tell us a little bit, I mean, very briefly, just about White Oak and kind of who we are and kind of so they can know a little bit of our background. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, so White Oak is a, a neighborhood church in Houston, Texas, and uh, uh, we are a community of people who are not perfect, but we just are trying to follow Jesus together. And what I really love about White Oak, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a pastor, but you know, <laughs> I, I came to the church before I was a pastor, and what I really love about White Oak is it truly is uh, an authentic community. Like It's a place that's uh, small enough to know you, but it's big enough to grow you. Mm. And so just like being a part of this church has really grown my personal walk and just seeing people come in and get baptized and just not be perfect but just like try to follow Jesus together and just knowing that we're not going to get it perfect but just that that he loves us and he wants us to grow it's just been really cool to be a part of that that's awesome man. yeah so Waddock's a great church like James said um it's kind of cool it's uh, a lot of like uh, kind of new life recently I feel like and um you know, we always talk about how we're kind of like the, the young, scrappy guys, you know, young, scrappy pastors. You know, we got this old building, like, built in, like, the late 50s, and which you affectionately refer to as the what? It's the old ship, The old man. ship, yeah. I've yeah. called it the Millennial Falcon, and so it's, like, way past its prime, but still getting the job done, you know, so. Um, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, just really great, and so we're the guys that are the pastors here, and so if you show up on a Sunday morning, you'll find us preaching, and, um, you know, it's just a great vibe. So, um, all right, ma'am, so real quick, I'm going to jump right in. Um, the question that we were talking about earlier and that I would love to kind of maybe put this content out there and really just see if anyone has any feedback on it um, is I want to talk about politics. Oh, yeah, which is interesting because, like, you, they say politics and religion are the two things, you, conversations you shouldn't bring up, and we're, we're all about that. Yeah, we're, we're religious guys about to talk about politics, so this is going to be interesting. Um, but, uh, man, I want to get kind of some of your, your thoughts on the recent um, presidential election and politics in general um, it's a very um, hostile environment right mm-hmm. now, it feels like. And I think that with social media, which is obviously a big thing of our day, man, that's just amplified that. And I think that kind of, you know, it's kind of like a, a self-repeating cycle where the more yeah. of it that there is, the more that happens. And so, um, you know, I want to get just a few your thoughts on kind of like, um, honestly, j- just first and foremost, like about Donald Trump. Um, and I'll give some of my thoughts as well. Um, and then also just kind of what is our role, you think, in politics right now, um, in terms of like Christians, because I think if we're honest, it feels like we don't have much of a place of, of a home, you know, really yeah. on, e- on either side. So uh, just real quick, what are your reflections? Maybe not even just on Trump, I mean on Trump, but also like his election and kind of all the way down, I guess about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, it definitely hit one of my <laughs> one of my buttons. Uh, you may not know this, but before I was a pastor, I was actually a political science major in college, so and so just uh, to all about all about politics, you know. And I just remember just growing up and just feeling so 
idealistic that, you know, I, I read in the Bible sort of this, like, this gospel that, that God ushered in, and it was a gospel of, like, peace and hope and love, and I thought, man, if only we could have that on a national scale, and so I remember in my wide-eyed, bushy-tailed college days, you know, just growing up and just being like, man, I, I wish I could affect that type of change in politics, and I think politics is the best mechanism for, for getting that out there, and I just remember just being so idealistic, and then as I got a little older, sort of after college, and just tried to, like, volunteer at different things, and as I just watched, like, more and more of the news, I found, like, man, this is not, this is not going to be the, <laughs> this is not the answer. <laughs> This is not the answer. And so by the time the, the Donald Trump election came by, I was much wiser. You were out. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I was already out of it. I mean, I did vote in that election, but just like, yeah. just to be honest, I did not vote for either Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I just I felt in my soul that yeah. that I was not able to do that for, for any of those, either of those people, you know. So whenever it came around, I was already disillusioned and I was already like out, you know, didn't support Trump in the Trump primaries. And then just when all this stuff like sort of came out about him, I, I you know, Christians, just as a Christian, I felt torn, you know, because yeah. I feel like Trump is supposed to be the guy that's supposed to to represent maybe like an old school, like traditional Christian value, but just in reality, he just, he doesn't, you know, and mm. so Christian, I, I, as a Christian, just honestly, I do feel lost, like in politics, mm. I feel like, man, I, I just, I'm disillusioned. And uh, so, it's, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, I, I'm not, I used to be probably a lot more into politics than I am now, but was Romney the guy before, was he the Republican nominee before Trump the last time, like when they lost to Obama? Yes. So so you've got Trump this time before you had a Mormon guy. Yeah. Do you find that kind of interesting for the, the party that for at least for a long time, maybe like in our parents' generation was associated with like Christianity or like, you know, if you're, if you're a conservative Christian, you vote Republican or whatever. Like, I mean, what do you think those kind of guys being the candidates is kind of saying about maybe like what was once considered to be maybe the, the party that maybe more Christians would be a part of. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I liked Romney. I'll just be honest. I liked him back in the day when he got put forward. I know that um, the first time that Obama ran, they put up uh, McCain against him, and I know that he lost horribly, and then Romney came in, and, and I liked Romney because he felt like he, he wasn't the most conservative guy ever, but he seemed pretty genuine, you know, had a good mm -hmm. family, and I think what sunk him was just, just being super rich in a time where the rich are definitely um, disliked in a lot of ways, or, or people resent them, um, but I just feel like people, especially Christians, couldn't get around the fact that he was a... He was a Mormon, and so that doomed him. But then enter Trump, and he just, like, <laughs> redefined politics, you know? Just watching the 2016 election was just, like, it was more entertaining than TV, you yeah. know? And just Trump coming in, and it's just, it's amazing how much lip service he paid to Christianity and to, um, I, I, rem I don't remember the episode, maybe you can help me, but I remember him like trying to quote his favorite, favorite Bible verse and it was something like, <laughs> he was like two, he was like, it's in two chronicles or something, you know. It's it's just, well, it was supposedly like they say that, they, the people say, well, they say it that way supposedly in Europe, but that's not what he was doing. No, he just no. got it wrong. Yeah, I don't think well, so. Well, so, so here's another thing too. Um, I saw a really cool meme. It was like, you know, people are freaking out over this election, but what they keep missing is that, like, this is a historic election because it's, like, the first time a Presbyterian was ever, like, elected to, like, the presidency. It's, like, he's not, who knows if he's Presbyterian, you know? But, I mean, like, but, but one more thing real quick before we kind of get into politics in general. Like, have you noticed, because I have, a difference between maybe uh, Christians that are, like, committed to Jesus, committed to the Bible, um, you know, wanting to, you know, repenting of sin, like, believing the gospel, like, growing in their faith, how like maybe people our age that would would that are, are strong Christians or trying to be strong Christians um, feel about Trump versus like a generation ahead of us, and so maybe like people in their fifties and sixties who 
we would think would have been maybe in our shoes back in the day. Um, they're fit in their 50s and 60s. They say they love Jesus a lot, you know, and I, I believe a lot of them do, but they seem more likely to be okay with Trump than we are or people our age. And so, like, this is not just like a liberal versus, you know, Republican kind of thing. This is like even a lot of conservatives, you know, kind of feel weird about Trump. So how come it seems like more millennials are less likely to be okay with Trump, even if they're committed to Jesus versus like maybe some older people? Hmm. Like, why, why, why is that? Like, why, why do they, why are they okay with him? And maybe we feel like we're not in a sense. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, probably a lot of theories on that. I mean, my take is I think uh, one of our number one values as millennials is like authenticity. And I think that when you look at, honestly, when you look at Hillary Clinton and Trump, both, it doesn't feel like they have that authenticity. You know, I know Trump like says a lot of things, but he, he goes back and forth on stuff all mm. the time. And so I think for our parents, they were more maybe pragmatic in the sense that, you know, you've got to vote for a single party. And so, like, if you're a certain type of person, then you've got to vote all blue. And if you're a certain mm. type of person, you got to vote red. And so they see Trump as maybe in a very pragmatic sense, not necessarily from, like, the, a religious point of view, but just, like, pragmatically, like, Trump yeah, is someone who's going to who's gonna take us back to a time or take us to a time in which uh, my values more closely align, like, with his. You know, even if they don't do so personally and pragmatically, like, he's doing things that... Um, probably a lot of conservatives, older conservatives can get behind for sure. But but millennials, I don't think, uh, it's hard for us to look past that sort mm -hmm. of like gross character into that pragmatism. At least that's for me personally. I, I just mm -hmm. can't get both those things in my mind. Yeah, no, I, I've noticed that for sure. I think that maybe the, the phrase I keep hearing is, you know, um, we're not electing a choir boy, we're not electing a pastor, you know, we're electing a president, um, which is interesting because... It, I mean, what's wrong with having good moral, upstanding character? You know, it's like I, you, you think the president, I mean, I feel like in a, in, in a right society, would be like the most admiral male in the land. Like he'd be like the, the standard of what was right, you know. And, you know, now I've heard other theories that say like maybe because politics was so messed up, you just needed a wrecking ball. And he's definitely kind of like that. Um, but and, and, and I think the interesting thing about that, like even as we, you know, pastor a church and we, you know, talk to both Christians and non-Christians all over the spectrum, you know, I, I think, you know, kind of the, the gist of what we're saying is really even a sense, like, I, I wouldn't say we're here trying to bash Donald Trump. I, I just think we're trying to express, like, we feel, in a sense, kind of lost, you know, mm -hmm. and we, we would like to have candidates that we don't have to, like, hold our nose and vote for, you know, and I think in our day and age, it's like, and I even know people that, like, you know, I know maybe are uneasy with Trump, but they they support him a lot because they feel like he's better than the alternative, which I understand that logic, you know. Um, but but I think in all of that, um, I think with Donald Trump, I think a lot of Christians um, feel kind of lost in politics. And so I want to get some of your thoughts just on, you know, what, what do you think the future holds for us? Um, you know, I, people always say that the two-party system is dead, but the problem is it never actually dies. And so people keep saying that, but it just feels like, you know, here in a few years, we're going to have an election. We're going to have two candidates to choose from. I mean, you know, it doesn't seem like, you know, at least at least a lot of Christians, I'm sure, I'm sure some support Trump, you know, um, are not going to be vibing with either candidate. So um, what do you think going forward? Um, what, where, what is the Christian's take on politics? How involved should we be? Um, do you think we're going to have a home? And if we don't have a home, what do we do? I mean, how do we how do we live out our faith? How do we try to be good citizens in a time where it feels like it's just hard to vote for any candidate? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I'm with you. I definitely feel lost myself. You know, I would call myself a part of the disillusioned, you know, like politics 
seemed to be the thing that was going to save us and usher in sort of a, a social gospel, but I just don't think that that's going to be the case, and so we've got to look elsewhere. And uh, I think what's really cool about the Bible is that it was written, you know, over several thousand years, but throughout its entire period, I, I can't think of one single time in which the people in the Bible lived in a democracy. And yeah. it's like pretty crazy, right? So like the, the entire time they were living under a government or whatever regime that didn't fully match, you know, God's way or God's plan. And so I think we, we can definitely identify here um, with those people. And so I, I honestly think, you know, I've heard it called different things, but, you know, I've heard you talk about this before, like the third way. Mm. Uh, what does it look like to express your Christianity or to, to, to enact change in the world through a third way? And I really think that, as with a lot of other things, it's it's all going to be local. You know, mm. I think people are trying to enact change on sort of like a national level where mm. I think that in a lot of ways, like the scripture calls us to um, to make a difference locally, especially mm. like through the church and through your local connections and family and work and stuff like that. Mm. So so you're, you're good at talking about that stuff like that. Tell us about the, the mm. third way. Yeah. I, I don't think that you coined that, <laughs> no. but, but uh, you know, you certainly yeah. talk about it a lot. Yeah. Well, and I think that's probably a term that a lot of different... Um, spheres of thinking kind of use basically just saying like there is another option you know and um i think and i've heard you talk about it too i feel like i i feel like hopefully the church becomes even more important and vibrant in the future because it's more of a holistic place where it's not like this isn't just like where we do like our religious duty this is like where we do our life you know and so like even if we want to enact change like, why can't our church enact change? You know, I mean, you look at even, like, the civil rights movement, you know, which people always blow over the fact that Martin Luther King was a Baptist minister, you know, um, and even his ability to inspire and to teach and to um, really argue for right things was all birthed in, like, the local church that he grew up in was a part of. And so, you know, obviously that was used in the kind of the political realm. But, you know, I feel like the church is really the best place to enact change because it's historic. I think we have a past, though, that it's not all good. Um, we still have a track record of fighting for good in the world. Um, and so, but I feel like it kind of gets blown over into politics, which becomes a very divisive thing. But um, another thing I think, too, is like, and you said this, like, I just think I love how the church is, like, local. And so it's like, you know, one of the things I've tried to do recently um, is I try to listen to, like, Houston news more than mm -hmm. just CNN. Like, I don't listen to CNN at all anymore or Fox News or any of that. You know, it's just, it's just like, I'm not going to impact any of those issues, you know. Like, I'm not going to, you know, like, like, to me, if I can't impact my neighbor, then I have no business trying to impact, like, national legislation, right. you know. And I just think for a lot of people, people think they're making a difference by putting all their opinions on the Internet and by yelling at other people and by calling other people, you know, you know, unworthy of, you know, having a voice or something. And I think that for us, I think we should be impacting our local community. And that's what I love about White Oak is it's like, you know, we're not a mega church. Like we're just a church. It's like deeply rooted in our community. And if a major issue happens in our community, we'll be there, you know, and we're local and we'll actually have hands like, like, like on the thing that's happening, you know, and not just like spouting out opinions on stuff. And so I think that going forward, um, you know, if we can't enact change in politics, then what we'll hopefully what we'll do is we'll enact change through our church in our community. And I think if every church kind of caught that vision, um, I mean, the church is, is everywhere in America, you know? And so I think that's a very powerful force. And so, um, and, and lastly, I think too, I think one of the reasons why we keep getting such bad candidates and, and people say this is because people keep voting for them. You know, they keep not abstaining. And yeah. so though you're never gonna have a perfect candidate, you know, um, and I understand, I do understand the concept of voting for the lesser of two evils. It's not ideal, but I get it. 
Um, but at the same time, like, I mean, if people really stopped, you know, accepting that, eventually we'd stop getting that. And I think the church is still big enough and vibrant enough in America to have a huge voice. You know, we, we're, not, we're not the majority anymore, but I mean, even if we're 20, 30 percent, that's a huge chunk. And if that chunk is unified, then, um, you know, I think it does a lot of good. So I, I think going forward, kind of like you were saying, if we don't have a home in politics, like, let's build amazing things in our churches. Let's build amazing communities where we're loving people, taking care of people, helping with needs. You know, people talk about poverty. Well, help real poor people in your church. Yeah. You know, help the real poor people in your community and quit asking the government to, you know, to do all the work while you do some of it yourself. You know, we have, we have money. We have, um, you know, an able body. We can do things ourselves. So hopefully in the future, um, people really begin seeing their church as like the people they do life with and the people that they're literally changing their community with and not just the place they attend a Sunday service. So, um, you know, hopefully that's kind of third way. So any thoughts on that? Or Yeah, man, that's good. One, one thing I will say is the churches, man, when the Internet first came out, people thought, man, this is going to be the thing that changed the world. And it has revolutionized <laughs> yeah. a lot, man, but not in politics. Honestly, I think yeah. the church is more powerful than the Internet because, man, you get on the Internet, you post something, you feel like you've, like, done your deed for the day, and you've, been, you've done nothing. You've done nothing <laughs> at all, man. But in the church, you find real people. And what I love about the church is just being a pastor of a local church. So I've come across like gun, you know, gun holding, gun carrying, like Christian conservatives. I've come across people who are, who are illegal immigrants, undocumented, yeah. you know, it's just like, you know, you see a full it's spectrum real, of people. Yeah. It is real. And so you meet these people face to face and you find yeah. that they're not, they're not policy issues. Like they're people, real people with souls. And so you, you can definitely develop a lot of passion, but you still have the truth, you know, like the Bible mm. says, like speak the truth in love. And so I feel like you're really able to do that in the church setting where you're meeting real people with real faces, with real problems, as opposed to being on the internet where you have echo chambers and, and fake people and you hide behind a computer screen. So that's just, that's just me, <laughs> me personally, uh, you know, and, but I, I've gone through a season of growth in that area, yeah. but uh, that's why no, I love the church. It, yeah. And I, like, so I think it's okay to like have opinions. I mean, I think you and I both have strong opinions, but sure. I think hopefully, hopefully we're also like living that out. Like in, in real community, like, like tonight, I mean, I'm going to, you know, our community group and, I'm going to sit in a room with, you know, you know, four to six other real humans who are living in this neighborhood who are experiencing life, and I'm going to hear how they're doing and help in the ways that I can. And I mean, it's, it's very, very real, you know. And I think that there's something in just getting in a room with people and opening up the Word of God and praying for each other and hearing about how good or bad your week has been, how that's very profound as opposed to just, like, sitting on the Internet and, like, reading everyone's statuses because that's all so doctored and, you know, yeah. there's such a, like a... It's kind of fake in a sense, you know, because you're, you're choosing what to put out there and what not versus like in a conversation. It feels like when you're with someone for an hour, kind of everything comes out to a degree. So um, so hopefully that that's something that we, we can be a part of. And so and I think both you and I, man, we we just given our life to the local church. You know, I mean, it's it's tried and true. It's always going to be here. Um, I think politics will come and go. It's amazing. America, we're not even 300 years old. Like yeah, seventy. Yeah, yeah. Not even three hundred years. It just, but it, it's like, it just feels like it's like this, like truth in our minds, you know. Yeah. And so, but but at the same time, last thing I'll say, and, and before we kind of end this is, so in light of all that, you know, I think you know we we want to have honest opinions, and, and we do want to critique when we think that there is something wrong going on, but also like we don't want to be the people that are always just bashing on America, or you know, like there's a lot of good in this nation, and I think I'm I'm thankful to live in a nation where like you know I can like. I can abstain from an election and no one's going to harass me. You yeah. know, I mean, like I, I voted, but didn't vote for president, you know? Um, and so like, you know, I know people that like, you know, 
love Trump, hate Trump, are indifferent about Trump, and we all live in the same nation. Hopefully, like, that's what makes America great is that we can all exist together. Um, but that being said, like, how can how can Christians in this season where maybe in our lifetime, like, Christians will not have much of a home in politics, it doesn't feel like. You know, no one's advocating for us, you know. Um, you know, uh, marriage between a man and a woman is, is not a popular thing, you know, to advocate for in this day and age, you know. And so if going forward, if Christians who, like, believe in Jesus and are repenting of sin and, you know, trying to share the gospel with other people, if, if we're not kind of a home in politics, how can we still be good American citizens um, who show our gratitude for this country that we live in that we also love? Yeah, well, a few things on that. One, I love him or hate him, Donald Trump is going to be a footnote in history, and mm. Jesus is going to be here forever, right? The yeah. church is going to be here forever, and so it is... Whether you love him or whether you like just hate him with your whole life, like he, he is not going to be around forever. You know, he's going to be a few years in the span of your lifetime, and so I think wrapping up too emotional energy, too much emotional energy, either way, is probably not not wise. You know, but as far as a Christian sort of trying to engage like wisely, like in politics, um, the one thing I'd mainly say is like avail yourself of the opportunity to vote. Like we are mm. blessed in that you know the vast majority of people in history did not have a say. Mm. And who was, and, and you know, who's over them, and yet we do. And so I, I would say, you know, we, we do have a responsibility to our veiler cells of, of that vote, you know. But in terms of, like, making a difference, making an impact, I really think that as more and more millennials especially are getting disillusioned with politics, that they're going to be turning to what's real and what's authentic. And I mm. think that being a real and authentic follower of Christ and being mm. someone who draws near to those people, uh, especially people who come from different walks and different belief systems and different just political opinions that, that just being a, a prophetic and loving voice in those people's mm. lives and showing that, man, I'm, I'm here and I actually care is going to make a world of difference. Mm. Awesome, man. Well, hey, thanks so much for sharing your insight. Um, also, it's cool. You have a political science degree. I forgot about that. So um, that's really cool. Um, well, guys, thanks for checking out this podcast. Um, if you have any questions, uh, we're just kind of launching this and getting it going. And so um, you can email your questions to info, that's I-N-F-O, at whiteoakchurch.net. That's whiteoakchurch.net. Um, we'll be, uh, no questions are off limits. So any questions you have about, um, everyday Christian living theology, um, or just anything, um, out in the culture, please send that our way. And uh, we hope to, um, be able to answer your questions here in the future or at least share our thoughts. So thanks so much for listening to this.